yeah so uh, i think uh, this is the this is my first chance to step into sankalpur shoes and introduce everybody so to the guests apologies in advance uh, to my audience uh, enjoy this because uh, this is the first time i'm doing it so good evening ladies and gentlemen on behalf of the team here uh, i welcome you to this session today with mr nitin rao uh, so nitin rao's uh, nitin rao's uh, introduction is quite uh, long and you know i was wondering whether it will take up a lot more time in terms of the show but i will just introduce nitin uh, in my own personal way uh, he is the ceo of uh, incred wealth and i will introduce him as a person uh, as we go along uh, but professionally the way i know him uh, he's had a glittering career with marquee organizations launching uh, differentiated products launching businesses building businesses scaling up businesses and been part of various industry committees uh, you know which have just added to his career uh, kashyap is my colleague uh, he joins us today uh, and he's the is the co-host along with me uh, kashyap is a fund manager at nk investment managers and uh, sankalpo is from pms ai world and sankalpo is responsible for me making this introduction to you right now uh, thanks to pms ai world and thanks to finland academy for this uh, you know for this opportunity uh, so i'll just deep dive in within with your permission can i just go straight to the uh, the personal aspect of it introducing you again yeah, no problem yeah uh you know for those of you who know nitin and who've been following his career i think he needs no introduction uh, i've been one of uh, the people who's worked with him uh, you know as an industry participant uh, like i was telling the guests earlier that you know we fought in the trenches and we got a lot of war time stories uh, but at a personal level what i really liked about nitin Uh, throughout the last 25 years that i know him is i have the utmost regard for him not just as a professional but as a thorough gentleman in his personal capacity i mean the manifestation of it is right now uh, when i'm just cutting short the introduction and he still is has a big smile on his face you know as a thorough gentleman uh nitin your colleagues tell me that your grip on numbers is amazing in fact uh, three of them have at least told me that it is intimidating because apparently you have numbers at the tip fingertips and even before somebody uh, one of them said that once he sent you the numbers a little late in the morning for a 9:30 meeting he sent it to you at 9 thinking that you might not have enough time to look through it but not only did you look through it you found errors in the numbers you also found uh, some flaws also in in terms of the process which is completely awesome and completely intimidating for your colleagues uh this is something which i will vouch for uh, and i think uh, sankalpo did mention to it uh, earlier to it earlier strategy is your forte and you have a unique ability of not just de-risking i mean when you think of a plan b when there's a strategy when there's a plan b you don't just think of de-risking but also planning alternate options and pulling the plug all at the same time you have a plan b ready which makes it very easy you know to analyze and balance out what decisions need to be taken your career has amplified one very uh, big aspect of yours which is a very high client focus and that is also to do with you as a person you have a very high eq or empathy quotient and your colleagues vouch for that uh, you understand them you it, in fact uh, the adjective i've got is we adore him for that you are very st- structured you have a no nonsense approach to life and i think one of your biggest qualities is extremely punctual i have experienced that in the interaction we just had today you always two or three minutes before schedule but quite contrary to that nitin is your dry deadpan sense of humor you have a very dry sense of humor which at times just sneaks in and most of the time it catches your colleagues unaware you don't they don't know whether you're joking or actually you're making a point which is actually something which uh, is even more amazing 
you are usually a very composed person but like any other mumbai ka mumbai traffic gets to you uh over the years i've seen you evolve as a person and i think one very big catalyst in that is uh, you know your affiliation to the isha foundation you are very committed to that and you believe in meditation and holistic healing you prefer simple and nutritious food at a family level your wife radhika is a practicing homeopath doctor and you have two children elder one anirudh is in the us and the younger one anushka has just got into grade 12 i believe anushka is quite creative and she takes after you from that point of view because one of the interesting things i came to know is that you are a marketing major from symbiosis institute of management you know i thought that i was the only one uh, what turns out that there are two of us right now we are two marketing majors heading financial services organizations apparently you are a very creative person and what hooked you onto the capital markets is after you won a you know a, a stock market game in in one of your college festivals uh, just for the audience while we were talking we realized that uh, when nitin was in symbiosis i was also probably at one of those festivals not that we met then but uh, that just draws us back nitin there's a very unusual combination you have as part of your student career you were president of the students council in your college and gentleman student of the year i really can't think of this two together <laughs> very very rare combination if one may add uh, you've played football in college uh, you prefer the brazilian style of football to european uh, and i don't uh, think anybody will be surprised at that but you're also a very avid cricketing follower you're a very avid cricket follower uh, so if i ask you who's going to win the t20 world cup i already know the answer uh, so thank you so much nitin thank you so much everybody uh, for the show today for being on the show today so i'll just deep dive straight into the questions uh, nitin my first question to you is keeping in mind the topic uh, by the way quite a few questions have coming from uh, twitter they have come in on mail Uh, so there seems to be a fair amount of interest so please feel free to amplify any point which you have we will also keep asking you to substantiate with examples wherever we think uh, it is required so nitin the first question is in the arena of wealth management is there a difference you find between the right solution and the right product see uh, firstly because thanks i think your introduction does Uh, extraordinary justice, much beyond what I deserve. Uh, so really, thanks for that. Thanks for everyone for hosting us on this. Uh, topic is complicated, and uh, uh, hopefully we will uh, throw some light on this. Um, uh, um, on the question, firstly, I do want to throw a little bit of light into the way I have seen wealth management evolve before. i dwell into this area so i still remember when i start when i started wealth in hdfc bank we were uh, we started it with two people and we started it in direct equities because i am my by nature after doing my marketing i did i became a equity research analyst tracking sectors and stocks so i was on the prop book of hdfc doing research and uh, there were events which led to me starting advising clients on direct equities where the top guys there said whatever you do don't touch the bank clients because if you lose money they will run away right so that's what that was the origin of wealth management maybe in domestic banks interesting and then we gradually started with equities mm-hmm. then there was a there was a period when reforms happened and the mutual fund industry began uh, i don't think retail investors or even 
too many people were in mutual funds so we saw that phase of evolution of mutual funds then that became a phase wherein they said everybody wants it now so don't we want it to be sold to bank customers because we are doing well uh, people are liking the thoughts and that's when the industry started evolving then uh, one of the competitors opened up the aif space uh, some 5 6 years back we saw evolution there and uh, so the industry has evolved through different frameworks through different cycles uh, also must kind of highlight that in the first kind of 10 years the markets were in a 3000 to 7000 range mm. on the sensex and you actually saw it fluctuate four five times from 3000 to 7000 back to 3000 back to 7000 so you really didn't know what was happening and then uh, it has gradually gone to 12000 then 16000 then when modi won the it just has rallied and that rally continues so first and foremost uh, have been a believer in long term long term always wins uh, so strategies and all that should be thought in that framework and uh, coming down to the question uh, that uh, you asked on whether solution or product see i think it really depends upon how well uh, uh, your your investor has evolved okay uh, because uh, it you like you rightly said empathizing is very very important in our business Uh, even if you are in the stock market it is a, a game between buyers and sellers so you have to empathize why somebody is buying you have to empathize why somebody is selling same way when you are advising an investor you have to empathize why that investor is buying or selling or why why he wants what whatever product you want to offer so what we have seen is that the scale of evolution of investors is vastly different from investor to investor okay over time there would be investors who have really had full portfolios built with proper asset allocations across debt across equity with various products and they've reached a certain level of optimization in their scale of business that is where i think solutions fit in so kind of example is if your need is retirement and you the solution is a asset allocation which meets that need with life insurance cover etc but if you are a businessman who is already into a mix of good equities and all that your return may be to get beat the returns of your business then the products then your solution will be different if your taxation is high then your solution is around tax related orientation of portfolios if your if your need is today there is a trend that globally there are different jurisdictions are different taxations and so uh, migration into by investing into taxation is a big thing globally and people often say that dubai is one of the places where a lot of family offices migrate because the tax regime is very low and very friendly or inheritance planning i i recently attended a session where there were many rich people of bombay and singapore and all that where the discussion was how to transmit the wealth onward so solutions come in there whereas so that's the right solution advisory portfolio whatever 
but products are those where if you meet an investor and he has reached a certain so by and large if you see the indian informed investor he will be already into because of the current generation of evolution maybe mutual funds and if you think that there are ways to better the return for the investor then you can offer him products which enhance the returns and then he will start testing those products and start integrating it into a portfolio so then those products come in to enhance returns so if somebody is a mutual fund investor you may offer him products in the pms ai space to kind of enhance returns a little bit or if he is already into uh, uh, the conventional products and he's not into i i keep making this example because today it's a very big mutual fund world that the rich guys in india didn't become rich by investing in mutual funds they mm. became rich because they own stock of the companies they worked in so uh, infosys promoter had shares yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, uh, so so then you'll evolve them into direct equities in line with the risk profile of course aif pmss gives opportunities in the business so products help enhance returns and are used to help customers get options which can come into their portfolio and once their portfolios become look good in some shape then the solutions start coming in uh, so it's depending upon the need life so they are all correlated but as a person develops in his uh, evolution he requires more and more solutions otherwise he tests products to kind of uh, uh, get into the crux of things it's interesting in fact i think you may have just given birth to a new acronym there's an fii there's a dii now there's an iii indian informed investor yeah true yeah talking about that uh, you know you talked about the right solution uh, and you talked about evolution of an investor so let's talk about the evolution of iii here uh, typically it is believed that the ultra hni segment is the most savvy segment okay hni ultra hni segment is the most savvy segment so a your thoughts on that is it savviness across the board or do you see an evolution happening there as well and b if there is an evolution happening there how does a wealth manager or how should a wealth manager suggest products to the investors is there a process to be followed here as well okay um little uh, complicated but yes uh, the evolution of the investor is the most in the ultra hni segment correct because they have done it they have seen it all and uh, they have a framework which is to maximize returns which is built into their thoughts and the surpluses are large hmm. so the solutions are literally business kind of substitutes on whatever they are doing and then protecting or growing wealth comes in hmm. uh, the hni evolution is happening fast uh, but a uh, lot of space to still go Uh, also i believe that uh, the ability to define risk and then to choose products is the highest in the ultra hni investor okay. because the surpluses would be so defined that they can allocate in different categories hni investor right now is a step behind and uh, the other investors if you ask me in the last 6 8 months or one year or two years have seen big shifts in their ability to understand for example stocks uh, i mean linked to demonetization linked to uh, real estate uh, going down as a favored asset class there has been a strong evolution even in the indian investor 
So to that extent, uh, there is clear evolutions happening in each of these segments and they're really interesting for every wealth manager. Mm-hmm. So much so that uh, we keep discussing, but we believe that the next 10 years is a big runway for growth for the wealth management industry in uh, India. There are enough reports which have said that we are following China uh, with a 10-year lag, which will see the creation of dollar millionaires and billionaires in big uh, ways through IPOs and all that. So clearly that evolution is happening. Now, uh, if you ask me, how should investors choose products? Uh, or my question is, how would, how do wealth how should wealth managers as a process recommend products? Okay. That is something I think you had given me an insight on in one yeah. of our earlier discussions. So I would like to share my screen there if you don't mind. Sure, sure. Uh, just so that because it's complicated to explain straight, it is our framework, but I think it is sure. it, it's, it's a fair idea to uh, give examples to people. Sure. So let me just share the screen. Just excuse me for a minute. No, in the meantime, Sankalpo, I think you have uh, run some polls. Would you like to talk about that? Can you see the screen, Vikas? Yeah, yeah, we can see the screen. I think he's got it there. He's got it. And it's full size? Uh, No, you'll have to put the view and then uh, uh, full screen or control L. Yep, perfect. Yeah. Yep, now we can see it. Absolutely. Okay. This is uh, quite a good framework that uh, some of my experienced colleagues have developed and... uh, I think uh, it fits the broader need. So it is all known that in the first, see, typically clients fall in profiles, right? And the first step is always to ensure that the profile of the client is well-defined either through questionnaires or through discussions on all that. Uh, Typically, we would believe that there are four or five client profiles. One is to very conservative, risk averse, preserves capital, is uncomfortable with investment losses. Stable means they would like to take marginal risk. Balanced is maintaining a balance between capital growth and security. Growth is chooses increases return potential over short-term safety, comfortable with higher volatility. And aggressive means ready to take substantial risk to improve return, may lose significant value. So often this is forgotten. Finally, risk is very critical in all this. Today you've seen examples of many startup founders Risking their everything, running their businesses and then make minting returns in the long term. But they took risk in their businesses. And so to that extent, that is an emerging trend which is coming up in India. Now, after you look at this, you get a lot of products. And typically, I think risk has to be defined where we would like to give product risk course. Others could choose to have low risk, medium risk, high risk kind of things. So we would call a product like a bank account, liquid funds, overnight funds as low risk, which we give a product score of one. As you go down the curve and uh, you go to bonds with AAA or equivalent greater than five years, uh, debt funds with 10 to 25% in AA or AIFs, which are in the long short range, you would call that a risk score of four. As you go to Mutual funds in the mid-cap, small-cap, sectoral, thematic space, we would call them six. Or if you go into bonds with A-, triple B maturity, we would call that as the risk score of six. And if you go to small-cap, venture funds, uh, etc., we would call that as the risk score of eight. 
So uh, first, there is a risk profile, conservative, stable, balanced, growth, aggressive. And then you bracket products into a risk score. And then you decide which is suitable for your client. So if you are conservative, you do not go beyond four. Mm. It means you avoid everything which carries bonds at AA, equity-oriented, uh, mid-cap, large-cap. However, if you are a balanced profile, you can go up to seven, which is mid-cap stocks. And if you are growth or aggressive, you can go up to uh, things like private equity uh, and all that. So that is the uh, thought process under which one would look at uh, uh, kind of uh, putting a risk discussion there. And just to kind of highlight how this is done, and I'm using a product which is quite in fashion, forget the name, it is our own Incred MLD, which is a product which uh, protects capital with an aerated uh, instrument below and gives you upside, uh, giving a return of XIRR of 9.25%, and there are some tax advantages. If you see it, you see a four up there. So yeah. we would categorize that product as risk categorization of four, which means customers who are up to that profile, balance profile, etc., can easily put in it. Now, if you see mutual funds and these are large cap funds, we would call them a risk category of five. If you see some AIFs, so uh, I mean, uh, so broadly that is what. Uh, I would like so so every product that we would look to offer mm. would carry uh, a number, a profile, and then you kind of correlate it. Once you reach there, and once you meet your customer and you understand what is suitable for him, then you can offer various products in that gamut. I think if RMs follow this, bracket customers into profiles and then offer products. One level of customer guidance and matching of products is taken care of. Interesting. Very interesting. So you might uh, technically have in the same... One second before you come in, let me just put it to the audience. All the products shown here for our educational purposes, please do not take them as advice. Do consult your uh, investment advisor before taking any investing decision. These are all to make a point and for more educational purposes. Thank you, Vikas. Over to you. Yeah, no problem. So if this is interesting. So if there are three ultra h investors and all three of them have different risk profiles, chances are that uh, what we are talking to them in terms of products, uh, they might either differ in recommendation or differ in weightages. Uh, yeah. Summed it up, right? Yeah, that is right. So if there is an ultra h investor who wants to, because the markets are doing well, and let's imagine that he has sold off stake in his company and he wants to uh, diversify in, in equivalent businesses, which will give him growth uh, over for his children over the long term. And we did it uh, about six, eight months back. We marketed a fund called, which was a consumer tech fund. You do know that a lot of uh, companies today believe that the next generation of Indian investors is around the consumer tech boom and with, the te with tech coming in. So if you market a consumer tech product, that, that ultra HNI investor got exposure to emerging consumer tech things like, say, Ayurvedic products or uh, pet products or taxi sharing or something like that. And then evolves it over time. And this would be six, seven year horizons. 
and tomorrow it could become a business alternative to what they are investing. Of course, it falls in the product category of eight and hence uh, is high risk. But if it gives returns, it gives returns. And so this product later saw the companies being sold to Marico mm -hmm. and then ITC taking a stake in that business to kind of help grow the consumer businesses. So I'm just giving an example like uh, someone rightly and that product is closed now. So it's not that it's open. So I'm just giving an example of how a good product can fit the need. Uh, sometime back for again, Ultra HNI investors, they wanted, there was an opportunity to invest in an international new bank. It mm -hmm. is a new trend of digital banks, which are coming up. And this was not in India. This was in UK. So uh, there were customers who had money abroad who thought that this was a good option uh, for them to invest. That is one segment uh, of investors. There is another segment of UHNI investors who may have invested a lot uh, into mutual funds uh, because that's how they've evolved and also okay. still. Okay. And uh, as you now know that uh, a lot of the talent which was there in the mutual fund industry, the experienced guys have moved on to AIFs and PMSs. Because uh, by nature, a mutual fund constrains uh, a fund manager. They try to track the benchmark. And whereas a PMS gives more flexibility uh, in terms of uh, uh, more risk, more exposure to a company and sectors. And to that extent, uh, more alpha can be created. So one has seen a trend wherein a lot of products have come up in the PMS and the AI space. And one has seen a trend where a lot of the UHNIs and now HNIs are looking for greater alpha in those products. Similarly, debt. I, mm -hmm. I can't not uh, talk about debt because in debt, the last two years have seen returns fall to literally four, four and a half percent or five percent in the stable AAA kind of products. And risk as a concept has now started getting embraced in India on the debt side, which was not so aggressively being used. So just as today, PMSs, AIFs and all can target five to 6% alpha long-term, even in debt today, by going down the risk spectrum and logically allocating in portfolios, today you can get eight to nine to 10% returns with exposure to double A, triple B, A paper in suitable structures which is a big change, which UHNIs have been doing it big time. And hence, they become richer, obviously, uh, because wealth creates wealth. Whereas, I think the HNIs are also catching the bandwagon. Uh, of course, Indian retail has not reached that space. They are innovating in the direct equity space uh, right now. So that's how the evolution is happening. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, Kashyap, I think you also have a few questions. Would you like to go ahead? Sure, Vikas. Um, thank you so much. Uh, first of all, uh, you know, Nitin for gracing our show. And thank you, Vikas, for that kind introduction that you gave about me. Uh, this is my first chance to talk. So let me first thank, uh, you know, both of you uh, at the outset. Uh, so, Nitin, um, you know, my question is that, uh, you know, in, in that chart that you showed about, you know, the product ranking uh, in terms of risk, uh, you know, in terms of product innovation for investors, if you look at globally, you know, a, a, a portfolio which was made up of only equities and bonds probably about, you know, probably 20, 30 years ago, 
uh, now we are seeing you know more of exotics you know which are cross currency uh, you know or structured bonds uh, we, we we see private equities uh, on the on the totally flip side we also see a lot of passive investments over there so for india in terms of product innovation for investors uh, do you think the products that are available or innovated are now at par with global standards or uh, you know there is still lot to be done in that particular field uh, see i think uh, today uh, again uh, in, in of course uh, upfront the answer is we are still lagging global standards okay uh, and that is more because to kind of just give you some background like i told you maybe 10 12 years back people would not even invest in mutual funds okay and uh, it took 10 years for the market to see a substantial portion of money coming into mutual funds okay even if you see pmss and aifs and you look back to see how many have five year track records i don't think you'll find too many uh, and if you go back for a 10 year track record i think you'll find one or two right so even the pms and aif industry i think is still in the 3 to 5 year kind of evolution phase right there have been uh, phases of product evolutions in the past but because we are an emerging market we have not really seen the runaway return that a product evolution should take okay just to kind of explain about 7 years back we had met companies uh, coming in from the us and i had asked them that uh, if you want return from pe funds etc vis-a-vis conventional return why is pe fund so popular in the us and then they said there the risk to return kind of equation plays out very well mm-hmm. and in the same period if a equity fund gives you 4x there it is quite common to see 9x 10x kind of returns from uh pe funds PE venture funds, funds etc which in india we have not seen for a long period of time it's only this current bull run where you are seeing uh, the internet companies and the startups now getting listed that investors are able to exit at those 9x 10x kind of returns right so i think we are we have reached a stage where the people who start so there was a false alarm where people tried it out in the uhni space returns didn't come and then it stagnated for the some for some time and pms aifs evolved right now i think the pe investors very interesting see their returns and i think the next generation of in, investors will now come in and you will see a whole generation of wealth getting created through the venture route and all such things so i think we lack the west on the equity side and we are now we have reached a certain stage where the initial investors are going to make good money and now the next generation of investors with a 6 7 year kind of time horizon will come in and if you see the products that different wealth managers now get carry a flavor into emerging techs emerging ideas emerging thoughts uh, which is at the investment horizon of investment of 1 crore or so with a long term time frame so like i gave you an example of neo bank or i gave you an example of consumer tech you seen unlisted securities market uh, carry on like wildfire nsc shares were there pre ipo funds have come up so that sector i mean and i should 
congratulate some of the some of our peers who as went into this some 6 uh, 6 7 years back and will possibly now reap the benefits but yes that sector is evolving and uh, will really create wealth uh, in the future uh, so and hnis are trying that out right so we lack the west more structures will come in in the future etc now on the debt side also debt has evolved much slower than equity hmm. and the last one year has seen a lot of evolution on debt beat um, mainly because the returns on the conventional products have gone down and people have taken risk very, and there's a whole new generation of thinkers uh, i keep saying that I, like we said like vikas said we have 20 25 years of experience but i think the new millennials are emerging in the investment horizon and i'm now a millennial and i'm sure vikas is also a millennial so you are seeing debt investments uh, of startups where they are well funded uh, for say a five year horizon they have big investors backing them and they had they have things like working capital requirements or they may be a rated companies with strong promoters with strong backings and they are now coming into the market raising debts in structures of 10% putting them into market link debenture structures and then marketing it and you could either have it directly like one i told you was incred and like uh, it was rightly said that i'm not doing that to market a product but various entities also have those products lending card as its pandana has mlds that gets clubbed into uh, aif version in a combination of mlds or now for the uhni something called venture debt is emerging which is a combination of working capital debt plus warrants giving 13 14% kind of irr goals pre tax so that segment is emerging and at this point of time is if you ask me venture debt which is very popular globally is now coming into exposures into india also people taking money abroad for the dollar exposures in debt is coming out some evolution is also happening in the mutual fund space where fund of funds for international exposure is coming in so yes we lack the international world uh, regulations restricted partially but a whole lot of wealth managers which are who are coming up are breaking out of commodities commoditized wealth products and introducing newer and newer innovations in the industry and parallelly today the industry has a lot of um wealth managers with global experience yeah that is true uh, uh, this global experience even uh, 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 gets in these ideas into india also builds up the risk taking capabilities and hence the evolution uh, happens in innovation so i think the way forward is innovation uh, with the wealth management companies and uh, that's where uh, the returns uh, play out right so you know picking up from there itself uh, so when you look at uh, a wealth advisor uh, as an investor then how should i evaluate him is it his ability to showcase uh, you know a, a, a wider suite of products that he can do for me should i evaluate him on, on you know probably returns or maybe risk adjusted returns if that you know sophistication is available to me or should i evaluate the advice based on you know the, you also highlighted some of the objectives in the beginning you know in terms of uh, you know my my risk appetite and and the product uh, you know ranging uh, range available uh, how would i then evaluate my uh, you know wealth advisor and uh, you know how frequently should uh, you know that be done 
In fact, if I can just add to Kashyap's question, one of the things which I face as an HRI investor is uh, there is so much of information which comes to me from all sources. Uh, you know, the advice which is given to me by my RM at times seems uh, very, very adequate. At, at times seems inadequate because, you know, I'm getting information thrown at me from all sources. And it just kind of confuses me at times. So how does, Kashyap, if I've summarized the question correct, how do I actually evaluate uh, whether my my RM is actually giving me the right advice, right being a little bit of an amorphous word, but assuming that it is in my best interest, how do I evaluate him and how often do I evaluate him? See, it's a very complicated question. Uh, and uh, I mean, uh, some, some, some of the RMs may even say, what am I saying? But uh, I mean, from time immemorial, I have believed that, I mean, one, if I make on my debt, six cents or seven percent at that time when there were fds etc and uh, i i'm a conventional investor if i make seven percent without an rm that rm should be uh, sorry before that i would like to say to you because you used the word empathize sometime mm. back yes yes okay i think the best rm is one who can empathize with you and think like, like you on the wealth okay and for that, he has to recognize the fact that as a customer, you have made the wealth because you are very knowledgeable, right? Correct. Correct. And you understand money and you have, you understand business. And because of that, you took your risks and made wealth, Correct. right? Now, as a RM, I have to be at least equal to my customer in my thinking. Absolutely. Right. And for that. How do I become as knowledgeable as my customer who, if he's a UHNW customer has more than 100, 200 crores of wealth. If he's a HNI customer has more than 15 crores of wealth, which he has earned in the hard way. Right? So that I believe is by knowledge buildup, reading, understanding products, uh, understanding risk. Like I told you, knowing fund managers inside out, taking their views and becoming reaching the level of the RM. That's the first thing. So if I want somebody to manage my wealth and in my case, I would be more of an informed investor. My RM has to be able to talk to me at my thought process. Yes. Yes. Okay. Now, after that, I keep telling this to people because many of the investors know everything. They don't know. So then I, I typically tell investors that how much would you have made without me? So if I put money in FDs, I put money in direct mutual funds in debt or in uh, first, let's talk on debt. I would make seven, eight percent. Then what is the alpha that my wealth manager can give me either through products or through solutions, which will give me an alpha, which justifies the cost or commission that the guy will earn. Yes. Yes. Okay. So if he's earning a commission and I don't believe commission is a bad word. So if he earns 0.5% or 0.7 on debt, Am I getting 2% alpha on debt? Of course, there is a risk profile and there is a mix of portfolio that if you get that, he's a good, he's a good wealth advisor. And moment you get into this discussion, you'll know whether the guy understands what he's saying or not. Risk is standard. I think a guy understands what is risk because he's made money the hard way. Nobody's made money uh, on in the easy way. Same goes for equity. If I was to invest in a passive equity fund, or if I was to invest in typical mutual funds, mm. 
without the sectoral distribution i would have made 12 13% return you have to ignore the bull run at this point of time mm. and i would have made 12 13% return will i be able to give 5 6% alpha with the mix that i am giving of products and hence will the solutions have suitable products which give that alpha and then it comes to a con- so i can't form you are be figuring out whether you are a distributor or advisor mm. if you are a distributor you have to see whether the products fit that framework you can't advise whether you have to think like the customer uh, and the investor and see whether those products fit the need correct and if you are uh, advisor it's a consolidated basket if i'm already making 78% and you want to charge 1% i would expect that you'll give me 3 4% additional return yeah yeah so i think if one gets that framework right it puts pressure on the rm for sure right but i mean anybody who chooses to be in the wealth line chooses to uh, build on it through knowledge and then there are various other things which come in leverage borrowing of money to enhance returns that the, the scale is innumerable mm-hmm. so uh, so it is really whether you can click with the customer empathize with him convince him that you have your thoughts ideas get the trust and then obviously it will take time for the customer to build the relationship with you in fact uh, uh, you uh, sankalpa i think you're running some polls would you like to talk about those polls or should i move to the next question discuss a couple of polls actually i've asked three polls and i've not got a chance to discuss so yeah. after this yeah. there will be some fresh polls yeah. so yeah. you know uh, the first question that uh, i asked was at nifty 18000 what do investors feel okay 35000 uh, sorry at uh, 35% feel that they would want to buy more so that's just how bullish we are uh, <laughs> and uh, in terms of can you repeat that again <laughs> no, I just joking. Please go. Please go. <laughs> so the next question that the current poll that was running was, uh, what do I seek from my wealth manager? Mm-hmm. Like we were discussing, knowledge and availability of products. Uh, you know, get around thirty percent. Understanding the needs of an investor gets seventy percent. Providing executional support gets zero percent more. So you know that's the general uh, idea that investors have. There was another poll that I had clicked a photo of the result. I'll just tell you. so the uh, second question was i am content with the financial products available now mm. so you know the maybe and the no basket together comprise around 53% okay and only 15% say they are so you know uh, we welcome you at pms have world to the world of new products <laughs> but <laughs> you know that's how the market is uh, right now uh, so these are the, these are some insights so from the audience i just want to add i think the replies very very sensible because if you are a wealth manager your constant need has to be to maximize return in the respective asset categories for your investor and you have to constantly keep looking for something new so to that extent being content is perfect uh, not being content second execution being zero also i'm very impressed because finally customer is more bothered on whether he's got alpha Mm. there is got more return and for that even if execution is a little bit of a challenge it's fine because finally return is more important than execution that is my no, no, I, I, I completely you know, would like to give build easy execution and uh, smooth transition and all that but finally you are in this game for increasing returns for money right in fact nitin if i can just uh, put another this thing uh, as an investor for me 
execution is a given you know if it is difficult it is difficult if it is easy it is easy it is not going to be different for me what has to be different for me is the return i make so yeah. i think perfect this is a good point in fact i wanted to ask you the next question but you've already answered my next question in which i was talking to you about uh, the fact that considering all financial services firms are becoming more tech driven is it eating into the uh, human interaction part of it i think you've already answered that in a no, very no, i want to you want to answer some more yeah, please, please. To, uh, answer it a little differently hmm. uh, see when you look at tech there are two three things one is platform okay whether you have a good mutual fund platform whether you have a good equities platform hmm. now in that space today we are on the core portfolios of the investors we have very good platforms hmm. right so really there is no problem of technology there and a lot of evolution can happen on execution hmm. uh, on products like pms aif uh, international products there is some space for technological evolution to happen hmm. so i would say individual asset categories there has been a lot of evolution uh, direct has come in all those have come in but uh, on overall portfolios where you can aggregate different portfolio manufacturers evaluate it and all that there is still a long way to go okay now i also believe that in our business because it's about money and it's about empathy right because you have to empathize and then you i believe that tech beyond a certain point will not help mm. i think hybrid models are the need because suppose i invest in direct and i invest in mutual somebody has to tell me that there is a better product now mm. and how will that somebody tell me unless there's a duplicate of me as a robo who can read my mind with ai and say this is the evolving product in a neo bank or a consumer tech or a mld which i don't think is so i think hybrid models will do with platforms of execution and i and it's important that we recognize that in the technological evolution so i think it's a combination of the two and therefore i wanted to talk on tech platforms for execution have to be very evolve. nice very nice yeah but empathy cannot yet uh, may may take another 5 years i guess but empathy how to evolve is something that i fail to recognize very interesting i mean if i can if i can understand what you're saying between execution and empathy you can have better and better execution because of tech but right now uh, empathy has probably not been substituted by tech you still need a hybrid model yeah empathy risk what does the right. customer want all those things but for retail customers it's the other way yeah it it really helps because for them uh, it is about a few asset categories mainly mutual fund maybe it will help but if they want to maximize returns they want like i did highlight that over 10 years a pms or a aif would have given may possibly give 6% more alpha year on year which means 60% more absolute return so a direct investor or mutual fund should be shown options on pms which are interesting and which, which i doubt a, a platform can give in fact uh, one of the things when we're talking about innovation innovation is probably uh, not just in terms of the product uh, rather product does not mean necessarily that it is just uh, innovation or something which you invest in one of the things which i got as questions as as uh, as sort of feelers is that if you could discuss uh, from a product point of view innovation in pricing do you think there are innovations there in terms of product pricing should there be innovations what is your view 
No, no. I am a very firm believer and uh, uh, I do not know your audience here. Uh, but uh, I think good advice which gives you alpha deserves a premium. Okay. A, a good heart surgeon, I think uh, you will pay the world to get the best heart surgeon around or the best so i am so as long as i am giving customer alpha i don't think one an advisor or an rm should be frightened to get his price out whether it's an inbuilt in the commission or not but it really depends on the level of uh, ability of the customer to do it on his own so a lot of family offices have their own uh, fund managers to run portfolios, to build portfolios, etc. And in, obviously in such cases, pricing has to be lower because the capabilities are built in. So where capabilities are there, then I think pricing uh, will be uh, customized. So you'll have share classes, you'll have related to quantum, you'll have negotiations on fund management fee. That's fine. But where we are building value, and that value remains. I think we should confidently charge, get a price, whether it's inbuilt in the product, um, through commissions, etc., or through advisory fees. So innovations in pricing are possible. I mean, and it is done in every uh, aspect of the business, but it's linked to capability of the investor. It's very interesting. It reminds me of two statements before I give it to Kashyap. One is a popular. Hindi ad which used to say achhi cheez aur sasti cheez mein fark hota hai. Yeah. yeah. And the second one is, you know, uh, which one customer told me when I was talking to him and uh, this is very interesting. He mentioned that the price remains the same. It is the ability of the customer to see whether it is a cost or whether it is value to him. Which is yeah. what I think you just alluded to that when you talked about premium and and, and making. Yeah, but Beautiful. The, Beautiful. Uh, uh, there is this misconception that Again, unless there are a family of fund managers, uh, family offices having built-in people who are specialized in that area, by and large, uh, you, uh, you can't just do a direct and maximize your return. Uh, you will make decent returns. There's no question of that in passive funds or in, or in uh, conventional portfolios which are done through direct. But the alpha that you generate is significant. Yes. And, uh, when you look at it on a CAGR compounding basis, even a 3% alpha year on year is a significant jump over uh, 10 years. And what is wealth management for? Finally, you want to be richer than your neighbor or your peer in line with your needs, in line with your risk profile. Yeah. Uh, let's assume that most investors are in the balance to aggressive to growth framework, right? Then it is about creating wealth, right? The stage where you want to protect your wealth, you made lots of money. Then I would say that putting it in low cost debt funds and all that is fair. But when you want to grow, you need to look for the best alternatives, right? Correct. Kashyap? Can you hear me, Kashyap? Yeah, yeah, I can hear. Thanks, Kras. So, you know, Nitin, so... But, uh, you know, from pricing, coming back again to the products, um, you know, we have seen PMS and AIF have, you know, worked heavily to customize, uh, you know, certain aspects of the investment products uh, versus, let's say, uh, uh, you know, a, a mass or commodity product like a mutual fund. But 
how else can we you know sort of work to customize the products for investors and uh, you know within that customization or innovation how should customers also look at some of the modern you know innovative products like structure products or offshore um, you know or global investments you also mentioned about some of the millennials looking at even private equity for that matter even in india uh, so one how do you customize the products for them and from the investors point of view you know how do you you know how do you look at this modern innovative products uh, you know which are now uh, being made available in the market no no so uh, the way to look at it is i mean if you look at india today if you see the index you made 17% return on a 5 year basis um, on on your cagr Uh, if you see large cap funds you made 20% and the mid caps and small caps possibly on the last year basis you made significantly higher returns right so from here on if you have to make good returns into the future will you pick up stocks to give now obviously in equity your equity to make 15% return minimum year on year and the way i look at it uh, the aggressive smart investors in equity related products should target 30 to 35% returns uh, on a cagr basis year on year mm. and from here where the markets in india are in the overvalued zone and all know about it where i was telling somebody that right now it is a huge evolution phase in the market where water is finding its level so to that extent till the sip money the indian saving money comes into equities the markets will keep adjusting to a certain level after which from there on it will look for value in whichever way then your customization has to be over a 3 5 year time frame what products to have which will give you exposures and if you broadly for example look at themes that are coming out now electric vehicles or uh, alternate energy or uh, fintechs which will evolve and if you think that india has a runway of 10 years like how uh, the international investors taking exposure to india think then your customization since your question was around the equity space part of your portfolios should have companies which will be your zomato Hmm. it will give you the uptick which a zomato gave of 135 rupees from a low investment level of 20 bucks or 25 bucks for an investor or the nikas of the world and so then your customizations should be into maybe late stage investing in kind of pre ipo products i'm talking again equity or value picks in pmss and aifs which carry these themes going forward there are various themes that come up emerging india whatever uh, emerging small caps the good themes if the uh, those ideas are taken properly or like i gave you an example of consumer tech that could uh, play out uh, in the future um, or uh, uh, warehousing based equity uh, uh, of course also as the indian valuations go up and as more and more indians are becoming global okay uh, Uh, one of the things that we are launching in wealth we are launching our wealth management proposition is designed for the global indian because many of us have family and children who are abroad yeah so 
I was discussing with my son. I, I'm, I keep trying to train him into Indian stock markets, but he talks to me about Tesla, or he says, "Let's discuss Uber." I, I, I mean, so if I if we don't offer him a portfolio, because he's Indian. Uh, if I don't offer him Uber in his portfolio, I mean, what to do? So therefore, these fund of funds which take exposure into international stocks or through the LRS route, you invest into international funds with various themes are things which will definitely come up and and that will be the next stage of evolution and also i think it uh, then uh, today you can evolve in, in, so our recommendation said china us is uh, where we are positive so you should do some exposure there so to that extent that phase will evolve uh, on the equity side also there are structured products we have discussed some time back where you can build structures around equities we have not yet gone too much into single stock structures we are still at the broad level on structures on the nifty so those things will also evolve uh, as a thought process so evolution is over uh, over the ideas which will want to give you 30 35% irr across the emerging sectors over the longer term and how you get that exposure this is on the equity side on the since your question was not related to debt i'll stick to just equities in fact, uh, Kashyap, if I can just interject here, you may not have realized, but we've already crossed an hour. The discussion has been so interesting. So if it's okay with you, Kashyap and Nitin, should I, should I move to some audience questions? Because incidentally, some of the audience questions which are coming in are quite a few of the questions which I have on my plate as well. No problem. Man. Yeah. Uh, this is a very dramatically framed question, but the answer probably could be very simple. Do you think exotic products are weapons of mass destruction and one should stick to conventional asset classes. This is a question from Nimish. No, uh, see, uh, finally, when, let's, let's look at it differently. If you are setting up a business, are you not taking risk to set up the business and then make returns on the business and become rich? Did hmm. Infosys not do that and did the promoters not make money? Hmm. Did various other promoters in India not become rich that way or globally? Hmm. So taking risk and becoming rich is one of the ways of life. Now, depends on which stage you are in. That's very important. Profile is important. All that is important. But a certain portion of your portfolio has to have an exposure to alternate businesses. I don't look at exotic investing in stocks. Let's, let's restrict to stocks. As exposure to stocks, I look at it as exposure to businesses. If I am a HNI or UHNI, or I invest in your small cap fund, which I was reading, the logic is I'm exposing myself to businesses, which will be hopefully become large cap long term. Mm. Right. Correct. And for that, I mean, I, so, and there is a basic fundamental rule of finance that small caps will give you the most return. Ventures will, return. And may not be yet in India because it's a volatile emerging market, but if it plays on the way it has, but in US it is, why is there such a large difference between the richest investors and the next rung globally? Because they have taken risk and one is not saying take risk for hundred percent of the portfolio. Let's be clear. One is saying that for 10, 15, whatever you're comfortable with. So if I want to invest for my son, I will give him risk portfolio. It, it could go kaput. Or it could give him 5x returns in two years. 
so it is all dependent so I, i don't look at look at you should empathize with the investor figure out what is good see what we have seen in the last one year is an aberration driven by liquidity and driven by water finding its own level with new savings coming into equity markets it can go on for one more year hmm. because god knows how long because at some time the equity investor believes that real estate is where money is going to be made okay. all of them will start putting into real estate and the market right. will collapse correct so figuring out where the right level is important correct but identifying the right sectors and taking risk is fine why is a tata is investing into big basket or why is tata power investing into a renewable energy in such a big way because those are green hydrogen i mean that's because that's where the businessmen think they will make money if, if big businessmen think they'll make money why should small businessmen who have wealth not think that they should not participate in that same opportunity no i think it's a very good point basically you are underscoring the importance of a growth mindset you know and in a country like ours it's very important in fact nimesh i'd also like to mention to you uh, if you if you would have noticed uh, the grid which nitin had shown in terms of product suitability and all of that uh, i was talking to nitin and he said that for example if to a conservative investor an aggressive product gets sold uh, by choice of the investor it is asked to the investor whether he is aware of the risk whether he is aware of the, uh, the whatever he is getting into and if he says yes by all means he'll get into it so i think investors are also evolving and uh, maybe uh, it's 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 the uh, undercurrent of a bullish market but uh, one should stop thinking about product innovations as weapons of mass destruction and they could be actually looked at as weapon uh, as alternatives to create significant amount of wealth to capitalize on what's happening in the country so because uh, i also want to add to this yeah finally there can be a lot of investors who have minted money in this run and their asset allocations have gone overweight equity Hmm. that part i mean and if you feel that isse jyada kyu chahiye lot of investors say that we made so much money or whatever we don't have that greed anymore hmm. or you want to be cautious then of course you have to reduce your equity exposure and you can choose to be in triple a products which will give you 4 4.5% return it will be a negative real rate of return or you can have uh, some exposures to fintechs which are well fund so in there are a whole host of options no one is saying that go into exotic products or go into all one is saying is like how vikas rightly said profile conservative uh, uh, fitment of the product scale and then a portfolio which balances all that so do not go into it the way i look at it i want to be a businessman though i can't build my own nika not now uh, maybe i want to build a renewable energy company though i can't i don't have the wherewithal to build it so i if there's a company which gives that opportunity in aif or a pms or uh, a small cap company which vikas picks up in his pms why should one not try that but that will that that will be for maybe 10% of the portfolio 15% of the portfolio the balanced portfolio will be a conservative portfolio in fact again you have preempted a question you know there was one question which renuka has asked uh in terms of how do you manage customer emotion during volatility i think you unless you want to amplify some part of what you said i think you pretty much answered that yeah it's very very difficult question but, uh, <laughs> no no again but lot of investors in the uhni space i must say are very cautious okay. they are very disciplined and 
what I've been telling is actually what I've seen UHNIs do in these markets. Mm. They're booking profits, reducing their risk, taking exposure to long-term uh, kind of solutions and uh, also getting into, of course, you can reduce equity risk and take venture debt risk. The risk level changes drastically. Yes. yes. But it's still risk. So I think... Uh, it's not that you have to chase risk all the time. You have to realize what your appetite is uh, and then uh, book profits whenever it is going. So it's really uh, about managing your emotion. And like I said, wealth manager has to read your emotion and he has to caution customers. So there are a lot of investors who book profits in this rally and then shift to debt. Why do you think there's a booming debt market in the MLD space? Interesting. Uh, in A, double A, that is also risk, but is much lower risk than uh, equity risk. And the downside is protected. And you make the, so a lot of people say long term equity returns will now be 10%. That investment double A rated debt or single Might A rated debt right, yes. at 10%. Excellent point. Excellent point. So uh, emotions should be managed, and it really depends on what the customer believes and what you and he agree. I'll just take this last question, uh, which is coming from Ashish Gulati. Uh, he's asking, how will the strategy change in wealth product offerings if markets correct by 10-15% or in the case when markets continue to grow like this? Is there a change in wealth product offerings which will go to the customer? See, uh, if the markets dip, uh, first of all, every we, we generally talk in this business on long term. Okay, I don't, and again to explain fundamentals in investing, you invest from one cycle to the other mm. because by nature, economies grow continuously at say 8% a year and hence valuations keep going. And while at times they may go over the mean, in time, if the economies keep growing, uh, the valuations keep growing. So uh, basic thing is markets will always go up. Right, the return expectations may change, and if a country collapses, anything can happen. Anything can happen yeah. Diversification and all that is factored into portfolios, taking money abroad, etc. Okay. So, in situations like if the markets come down, we keep saying, telling people that we keep looking at your asset allocation and keep booking profits so that you have money to kind of average out when the markets fall or you invest on dips. So all our current investment strategies are saying buy on dips. Okay. But if you are a guy who, who is not yet there in terms of growth and aggression, then there is no harm in participating in the markets because you may want to believe that if the new normal is much higher, you want to participate like Mr. Junwala was bullish on the market for a very, very long period of time. So if you see strategies, he's a UHNW investor, he's built an airline company and all those things. So he believes there are certain sectors which will grow uh, long term. So if the markets come down, of course, money and again, equity investors are those who are committed for a long period of time. Yeah. So you can't get frightened of a fall in market. Mm -hmm. get, be, market falling by 20% is fine. Because in the rebound, it will go up. So if you see the markets after the crisis in small cap crash more than 60-70%, it's all gone beyond that. So there's no problem. And your, so to that extent, even if it crashes as you buy up, 
you should have the confidence to wait and finally the long term game of equities play plays out a word of caution you should know when enough is enough for you true okay that is very important because you you can never predict in my view when to exit the market but like this is my own personal life i decided that at 50 years my retirement money for me and my kids should be taken out of the markets right then it doesn't really matter what happens to the market whether it goes up that much money you take out similarly if asset allocation is your style then follow that style so when enough is enough or when you have a need create that need and take that much money out of the market that's also very important exit is also important entry is not just the and have fight in your horizons if the horizons are smaller then you need to go more today and such products uh we've got some comments coming in from uh, rahul chadda and a couple of other people uh, in fact uh, girish just asked a question girish i'm just going to read your question you may not be able to uh, answer your question due to paucity of time his question is is there a simple offering either as pms or af a customer can take exposure to equities debt and golds so that we rotate asset allocation i think uh, uh, maybe this is a question which you can write in directly to nitin but my sense is if you're looking at a multi asset allocation sort of a strategy it is best done on a mutual fund platform and there are quite a few there uh, the more sophisticated an asset class the more concentrated it gets in terms of that asset class uh, but thank you so much for your questions uh, ladies and gentlemen i think you've always been a very loyal audience you always logged in and you know we hope that you enjoyed the uh, discussion i personally made a lot of notes while i was writing here and i think the undercurrent throughout i heard this word at least 8 or 10 times coming in from nitin and it couldn't be emphasized more is the word empathy okay so uh, you know shivendra you are talking about esg rated funds i think nitin now the questions are coming in thick in first but uh, probably it's time and if it's okay with you nitin i think uh, we'll give yeah, ashish gulati i don't have a problem see also i think everybody today understands the market hmm. and uh, as long as they empathize we can always uh, answer these questions really it's really not a problem sure So I think uh, uh, thank you Satyam for your comment. He's saying it was very informative. Thank you for the amazing talk. And if it's okay with you, I think Ashish Gulati who asked that question about asset allocation in up and down markets should we just give him the question for for the uh, the price yeah, the best no question? Problem. Yeah, you're the boss. <laughs> you you were then as always you are very uh, this is very humble nice gesture of yours. I personally made a lot of notes. I'm telling you that. and i am going to shamelessly use that in some of the pitches which i am going to make i am not give you going to give you credit i am going to use them no, there no, some no, amazing no. insights which you have given thank you so much nitin uh, sankalp over to you so thank you ladies and gentlemen for uh, you know being so patient on a friday evening and uh, i hope you enjoy the india pakistan match over the weekend uh, <laughs> with that <laughs> with that note thank you nitin thank you for being with thank us you. and patiently answering so many questions uh unfortunately a lot of audience questions remain unanswered i'm leaving my email id on the chat uh you know you can put them across to us and then we can get them answered for you uh but thank you to the audience thank you vikas uh thank you krishab it was great having you here thank you and soon nitin uh thank you from the team at pmsif world and uh, in cape we extend our uh heartiest greetings to you uh you know uh, all the best for the festive season ahead to the audience I hope to see you real soon. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.